You are listening to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. Here, you'll learn how to adapt to a new future of doing business remotely by listening to interviews with the new breed of entrepreneurs called Remotepreneurs. Now, welcome your host, a remotepreneur that came from the factories to building multiple location independent incomes all remotely, Philip Bill Stankowski. Hello, Remotepreneurs. Welcome to the podcast, Remotepreneurs.com. My name is Philip Stankowski, and for the last five years, I've been working remotely and managed to develop four sources of income that are all location independent and are all remotely. So I believe that the new entrepreneurs are remotepreneurs, and the purpose of this podcast is to interview successful people that are building their income remotely, their company, or just freelancing career, and you can use their advices and knowledge so you can escape the matrix finally and create your own remote economy. In this episode, we have Tom Jacobs. He comes from United States, and for the past two years, he's working and building his company remotely. It's interesting, He, for nine years, he had an old-school brick-and-mortar business in a fitness niche. He was doing great in his own company and also for the company he affiliated with. He was selling like $4 million in, I think, three years. Yes. And interesting ha- thing happened to him. The boss of that company, the owner, he said like, Tom, we need to cut your commission. And he said like, why? <laughs> well, you are earning more money than me. <laughs> so he just decided like, this doesn't work. He quitted working for that company. He came back. His fitness business, he developed strong with the intentions to sell it. He sold it. And now he he pretty much works remotely and has a really, really interesting documentary that he's preparing that is specially for us, that are people for working remotely. It's going to be called Digital Nomads Around the Globe. And guys, listen carefully because he has so much speaking engagements and so much sales experience and one of the things that I notice with with the audience the biggest issues they have it's sales or income yeah so Tom I'm honored to be here I hope that the guys are going to get a lot of value especially the sales team. Yeah. so Hopefully. can you yeah. share your background you can tell a better story than me yeah no I mean that was a great intro I, yeah. I appreciate that I came out of, after university so I have a degree actually in theater okay from university uh, which doesn't make any sense in terms of what I do now. Maybe a little bit because I do the storytelling and, and performance-based storytelling and speaking. But after that, you know, I, I was told that I needed to get a real job. So I started working in oil and gas and did okay. very well. Spent 10 years doing oil and gas. But in that process, I got fat and unhealthy. And at 30 years old, my doctor told me I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and I was 40 pounds overweight. And at that point, you know, 30 years old and being threatened to be put on high blood pressure medication and cholesterol medication. And I did the research on that stuff and it is, it's poison. In, in my opinion, it's poison. And I decided to go the route of fitness mm-hmm. and nutrition. And, in a, and I did a body transformation program as a 12 week transformation program. And in 12 weeks, I lost 40 pounds of fat and gained 10 pounds of muscle. And I went back to my doctor I did all the lab work again and cholesterol was way down. My blood pressure was well within the normal range, and I had a six-pack. Wow. <laughs> and the, the doctor was like, 
who is this person? <laughs> 12 weeks ago, you were like, you had a keg and now you have a six pack. And so it was transformational. And in that process, people started asking me like, what's your secret? What are you doing? What are you taking? Because mm-hmm. everyone wants the shortcut, the magic yeah. bullet. And I was like, well, don't tell anybody this, but it's a secret. So just between you and me, it's nutrition and exercise consistently. Oh, that's the key. The consistency part is the key. Yeah. And they're like, oh, another one of these guys. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, that's the hard work. It's like, well, but that's life. You know, if you want something bad enough, you have to work hard at it. And uh, I enjoyed teaching people what I was doing. And so I decided to get certified as a personal trainer. Did that. I started working before work, before my corporate job, which I had a six-figure corporate job. Well, wow. And in management, I was tracking Oddly enough, tracking rail cars, and there's a really <laughs> so rail cars of chemicals around the country, and I was managing you know millions of dollars in, in rail fleet, and uh, it just wasn't fulfilling either. I wasn't it wasn't adding value mm-hmm. to people in my life, and when people started to ask me you know, how do you get fit, and I started helping them, I just lit up. I was like, wow, this is really cool. I was able to help them, and so I got personal. I got trained. I I was up at four o'clock in the morning training people. I'd go work out myself at lunchtime and mm-hmm. usually take a two-hour lunch, even though we were only given an hour. Mm-hmm. And then after work, I would train some people again until about nine o'clock. And then it was just rinse and repeat every single day, you know, 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I loved it, except for the eight hours that I was stuck behind a desk working for somebody else. I remember January of 2008, I go into my boss's office, the executive vice president, and uh, I sit down and I said, um, I got some good something I'd like to share with you. And he was like, um, okay, like awkward. <laughs> what are you going to share? I was like, well, I'm, uh, I'm leaving at the end of the month and, uh, and here's my, my notice. And, and he looked at, he was like, well, are you going to a competitor? Like, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm opening, a, I'm going to be a personal trainer full time. And they all knew that I was doing some fitness stuff uh, on the side. And was, he just laughed in my face. Really? Yeah. It's like, you'll never make the type of money that you're making here. And I was like, well, that, it doesn't matter. It's my quality of life that I want. And so at that point, I dumped out my entire retirement savings plan and uh, bought an existing fitness center. Mm-hmm. And within a year and a half, I was broke. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> I failed. I was mentally broke, physically broke, financially broke. And at that point, and I was telling you earlier that I had to make the hardest phone call of my life. And I had to call dad for $10,000 because payroll and rent were due on the same day. Oh, and as a business mentor that told me once, the first day that you can't make payroll, is the first day you're out of job or you're out of business. And I had to get over this hump. And so I reached out to dad and, you know, great dad, but has been an employee all his life. So didn't quite understand the entrepreneurial piece. He was like, well, okay, son, you know, let's try to figure this out. You know, very like, very linear thinker. And I was like, well, I, I got it kind of figured out. I just need $10,000. <laughs> so he loaned me the money at an 8% interest rate. Wow, with interest rate? With interest. I was like, dad, you're not entrepreneurial? <laughs> like, this is pretty entrepreneurial. <laughs> I was like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> no usury. But um, he's like, well, son, I want to teach you a lesson. And at this point, I was 40 years old. And I was like... Dad, I'm 40 years old. I don't need any more life lessons. But clearly he was right. I needed that lesson. 
And I needed that rock bottom to change my mindset about Mm -hmm. my business. I was in love with my business. I wasn't in love with my ideal client. And I wasn't, and I was tied to what I thought people wanted, Mm -hmm. not what would bring me the best fulfillment and would be the best for my clients as well. Because I was chasing the, the, the gross revenue and my, and with that $10,000, obviously I paid rent, I paid payroll, but I also invested in a coach. I invested in me because I needed to change that mindset. I needed to get tools that would help me transform my life, my business and all that. And the biggest tool that I got was sales training and okay. learning that it's okay to ask for money because I had a really bad relationship with money. I was chasing a gross revenue of a million dollars a year. Gross revenue. I got my business up to just about $500,000 okay. in gross revenue in two years. Well, I spent 490000 of that. Wow. All that work, 15 hours a day, six days a week, and I made $10,000 in a year. Money was coming in. Money was going out just as fast. And at that point, when I got the coach, we were looking at the numbers. It doesn't matter what your gross is. It's what you keep. I was like, oh, Oh, <laughs> huge revelation, right? And most people now, when I talk to them, they're like, well, I'm, I'm making a million dollars a year. I was like, okay, but what are you keeping? You know, you're that's bringing what that counts. in. What are you keeping? Because that's all that really counts. But once I made the shifts in my business and I wasn't everything to everybody and mm-hmm. I fell in love with my ideal client and gave them what they wanted and what they needed and really spoke to their needs. And, in, and that was in the fitness industry and now into my current business as well. The income, net income, okay. 10x. Wow. I went from 1000 a month to 10000 a month, almost overnight. It, was, it took about a 30-day because I raised my rates. I get, got rid of the stuff that was costing me money. And, just was, and I was so emotionally invested in my business that I was willing to spend money, more money than was, that was coming in just to please the clients. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, never. So, you know, fast forward uh, nine years, that business uh, was doing great, and I decided to sell it. And brick and mortar is great for some people, but I had bigger aspirations of things that I wanted to do. And I wanted to travel the world, and I wanted to find different cultures and really ingrain myself in that culture. Okay. So that's, that's what brought me to now Thailand, Chiang Mai. I spent a month in Mexico City uh, in September documented a little bit of that on my YouTube channel. And then I, now this is six weeks. That'll be in Thailand before uh, next week, I actually go back to the States. So I've been here five weeks now. Wow. And it's just been an amazing experience meeting, you know, folks like yourself, Philip, and, yeah. you know, at the 5X house and <laughs> um, the community of digital nomads in Bangkok. I, one of the digital nomads that I interviewed, I actually hired wow. to help me with my marketing in my new business because he's, like a really good marketer and we hit it off and good friends now. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's really, really neat. Can you go back and tell me for the rock bottom, because a lot of people come in the rock bottom, how do you jump out from the, the rock bottom? You're, you're personal. Well, there were tears. Okay. <laughs> and maybe a couple bottles of vodka okay. <laughs> and, or, and wine. It was changing the mindset though. The relationship with money uh, was definitely needed to change was brought up in a household that was very frugal. We always had money for what we needed, okay, not what we wanted. So, you know, all the kids in school, they'd be wearing their polo shirts and all that, and we'd be shopping at Kmart. 
or not Walmart, you know, for the no logo. I remember one time my mom actually sewed on the little uh, lacrosse tiger oh. on one of our generic shirts, and it was like falling off. I was like, like Chinese version of fall. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, that's cute, mom, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. It doesn't work because the tag says, you know, yeah. generic. <laughs> but it, so it was always about a scarcity mindset. You were talking to me earlier about that as well. And so just changing that into an abundance mindset was the first thing that I needed to work on. The second thing that got me out of that uh, rock bottom was realizing that there was more that I could give to people, more value that I could give to the right people. Mm -hmm. The right people being the ones that would accept that value and pay for the value. So basically finding your own ideal customer yeah. with that way. Yeah. And, and falling in love with that customer. It's yeah. Like, I, in the fitness industry, you know, I'd get people that would come in and I'd be desperate for money. And there was no way in hell I would have ever been able to help them. And they would never accept the help. Yeah. But I was so desperate for the money that I took them on. And they sucked the life out of me. And, but I was so afraid to let them go to fire the bad clients because I needed the money. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know where you're going. I, I was in a similar situation when I was desperate in... In uh, insurance, <laughs> I didn't have any money. And I mean, I was doing so, so much presentation, but they can feel my, my, that I'm desperate. Yeah. And although everything was good, I was doing everything technically, it doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. don't do business with desperate people. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Cause, it, Cause they will do anything to make yeah. the sale. And that's, that's definitely not a good place to be. Yeah, definitely. The third thing that helped me was learning how to sell and just, developing that sales skills at every business owner needs. It doesn't matter if you're working inside a company and you're getting a paycheck, everybody's a commissioned employee, in my opinion. Yeah. Because at any point, that company can fire you if you are not providing value. Yeah. Sales is a great business to be in, especially if you're 100% sales commissioned, because you're only as good as your last sale. Yes. And it's, you know, when when... They pull out the credit card and you you yeah. get that it's that endorphin rush and you're like yes you know, I won you know this and and really it's a win win because they're going to win as well if you're developing the right products for them and it's just this feeling of instant gratification because you knew you're you're able to help somebody and you got you got paid for it instantly yeah yeah and also the as you say endorphins of of, of the clothes it's, it's amazing it's yeah. like a drug yeah. a positive drug yeah. and then you just go chase another one another yeah. one another one another one. And, it, and it's it's a snowball effect it's snowball as well. Effect, yeah. I, I noticed that, and I, I, I do remote sales as well mm -hmm. for, some, for some some companies. And, you know, the first couple, you know, consultations that you do are like a little rough and you're like, yeah. oh, but that first one that you sell, and I was, I was doing this high ticket. It was like a $6,000 uh, program, okay. coaching program just recently. And I, I wanted the owner to do a longer program because uh -huh. it was only it was six grand for like three months and i was like you know you really need a continuity program yeah. why don't we do a 12-month program twelve thousand dollars i started selling that left and right that was the only thing i was like ditch the six grand one let's go 12 grand oh. on on that and that it was just a snowball effect and the you know i hit a fifty thousand dollar month and i was like oh that's great for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's it's um you know, sales is, is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah, if you learn it. I mean, at the beginning, yeah. it's hard. You'll yeah. be frustrated. But if you learn it, it's like you have a freedom. You have a confidence if you're good in sales and they can like 
throw you with parachute some some other place like Chiang Mai or whenever if you yeah. have internet phone yeah. you're done you will get new money yeah i know that if everything goes to crap and i you know lose everything what have you i know i can always get a sales job i don't care what it is you know i can get a job selling something whether it's a used car yeah. or and i know i can do a great job at it yeah yeah definitely now let's connect that with because sales it's commission game pretty much yeah. you told me that at some point you were bringing million dollars to that company that that you were affiliated in fitness and <laughs> one day the owner told you like we need to cut your commission for no reason and you were being paid per percentage right of the yeah. sale like yeah. regular yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a base and then a commission okay yeah so what happened so i was traveling around the world and they were sending me to you know australia to the uk around the us i was delivering small group workshops we'd have 15 20 people in, in a room and i would give value for them to come and they actually paid to be there Okay. And at the and basically it was a 5-hour sales pitch. Okay. So I was giving value, teaching, sharing stories along the way and that's where I kind of developed the storytelling aspect in the effort to actually sell something. And then at the end of the day, I would ask them to come on board with the program. And you know, I'd have days where, you know, out of 15 people there would be two two buyers, which is fine. It was 3 grand each. So it was a $6,000 day and then I would have 19 people in the room and 19 buyers. Wow. I was eating steak that night. <laughs> wow, definitely. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, you learn these skills of being able to tell really great stories, to be able to teach and give value, but just enough value to satisfy that itch that people have to mm -hmm. get more. And then the more is the full program. And that's really what I teach um, in my program in storytelling and sales and all that is that you give them what they need to do. So you give them the framework mm -hmm. of what to do, and then you sell them how to do it. So all the scripts, all the you know the PowerPoint presentations, the mechanics, the mechanics behind it. Yeah, they could do it on their own. It'll take them a lot longer, or they could buy the program and, and get it done a lot faster. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's. The big problem with a lot of sales from the stage or in front of the camera or what have you is that a lot of people will teach everything that they have. Oh, okay. And then there's nothing to buy. Or they go the exact opposite and just keep doing like little tidbits that just don't add enough value. So there's, there's a balance in the middle uh -huh. that's like this magic point where they're getting great value. They're like, oh my God, this is wonderful information. I want more. And I need more. And then they, boom, they buy. Yeah, okay. So, so basically, you, you guys, you give hook. Yep. Like, this is my expertise, let's say. And then you say, if you want to learn more, buy this. Yep. You will get entire yep. mechanics. It's, it's longer, maybe accountability. I mean, everything. Yeah. Right? I'll give you the full scripts. I'll give you the, boom. You know, here, I'm giving the framework. You know, we only have a couple hours together today. Yeah. This is what we can develop. Um, you can go and do this on your own. That's fine. If you want to go faster, then I have a program that will help you go faster. Okay. Okay. So you were killing it. You were making ridiculously a lot of sales yeah. for the affiliated company. And what yeah. happened then? The owner actually didn't sit down with me, which is which oh, okay. was like the little childishness of him. And and I, you know, I see him for who he is. He sent somebody else and uh, to my direct, the director of sales, and uh, he sits me down. He's kind of kind of shaking his head a little bit. He's like. Tom, we have to like look at your commissions. And uh, I was like, okay. 
you want to give me a raise? That's yeah, awesome. Because I'm like <laughs> killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm bringing in close to $100,000 a month in revenue to this company. You know, I'm doing great. I'm making $10,000, $12,000. I'm traveling the world. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? And he goes, yeah, you're, 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 you know, we're just paying you a lot of money in commission. I was like, yeah, that's awesome because you're making a lot of money too. He said, well, our margins aren't that great and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. He goes, well, we're going to have to cut your commissions. Well, went from 12% to six. So we half, half for no reason. For no, well, yeah, they, well, they, I mean, because they didn't know how to manage their money right yeah. properly. And I was like, look, I can make the same amount of money in my own business, which I'm still operating my fitness business. I just I had people in place that was that were running it on a day-to-day basis. I was like, I can scale up that business and, and make this in you know, in a year I could take and he he looked at me and was like, Yeah, you probably should go ahead and do that. Yeah, like you should be like, like, do like that. <laughs> get the out of here. Yeah. And and I was like, okay, well consider this two weeks. And I was like, you know what? Don't even consider two weeks. Here's my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And then I, so I went back to my, my fitness business and got it all kind of set up so that I could sell it easily, uh-huh. easily. Because there, there's a process behind, you know, as, as a business, business owner in, in brick and mortar, especially, there's certain expenses that personal, that, you know, little, little stuff that you uh, slide into the business. So I had to separate all that out so that I could show the true profit okay. of, of the company and, and get the value up for the new owners. Found a new owner. They took it over. It was very seamless. They're doing great now. With I mean, it hasn't dipped at mm-hmm. all. They've been able to maintain and grow it a little bit in the last uh, two years, almost two years now. And uh, I was free from the brick and mortar. Okay. And then I was then free to develop my own programs. And uh, so I've, typical entrepreneur is like, oh, let's see what that sticks. Oh, okay, that didn't work. Let's try that. <laughs> and that didn't work. And let's try this and that. Yeah, you know, and so I was find, I was finding myself, and it took a year and a half to finally find my brand, okay, and who I want to serve, and what I want to serve them, and that's it exactly. Like, what are you doing now remotely? Yep, yeah, exactly. So, it's Dramatic Impact Sales Academy is the the product that I that I sell. I can I consider myself the impact pilot. Okay, so I help business owners, speakers, coaches create a better impact mm-hmm. with their, and I help them navigate, you know, like a pilot would navigate. Okay. Makes Nav- sense. Yeah. Right. I'm really clever sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I help them <laughs> develop their stories so that they have more impact, make a better connection with their prospects, whether that's in front of the camera or it's on a stage, they're okay. able to tell their story in an impactful way that will grab the attention of the audience, keep that attention. And then when they ask them to purchase or to take an action, uh, the audience is very willing to do that. Okay. So, so basically, <clears throat> can you teach that like remotely for people like digital nomads, et cetera? Like- Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I work remotely. So, yeah. you know, I have, I have clients in the U.S. Okay. So I'm up until, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning on coaching calls when I'm in Asia. Okay. Uh, when I'm in Europe, it's a little bit more chill. In the states, it's you know obviously working time eight to five, yeah, type of stuff. But yeah, I do uh, Skype calls or Zoom calls. Uh, and they go through an online training portal that I have, and then we connect on a weekly basis to go through the program. 
Yeah, I think that that's a lot of useful and in need, especially for people that are building their personal brand and software, etc. You do need to explain your story and make an impact probably in short period of time. Yep. Through a video, so it's a bit weird, you know, to talk on the on the camera. And on the other side, it needs to appear like you're talking to a human being. So I definitely yeah. see value here. Yeah. What what you can give to the community? Where can people find you actually if they're interested in the program? Yeah. So I have a free download on how to develop your own personal story. So okay. they can go to tomjacobs.com. It's Jacobs is J A C K O B S T O M J A C K O B S dot com slash storybook, and that will get the storybook and it takes you through the seven steps to develop your own personal story so you can have better impact. Okay, nice one. Can, can you share some of the steps? Like, uh, what do you think it's uniquely important, especially for telling a story and sales to the people that are digital nomads working remotely and, you know, trying to, to get their money, right? Yeah. So everybody has many, many different stories. Okay. I've, I've shared three stories. So three signature stories that I've already developed. Okay. So the um, body transformation story. Okay. The... Selling from the stage story, so the four million, and then my dad's story, the okay. ten thousand dad story. All those stories have been crafted. I've gone through, I've written them out, and rearranged them to make sure that they have like a firm impact. Okay. On them. So the first thing is to identify the areas of your life or the moments in your life where something has happened, some trigger happened, something changed in you, in your environment. It could be small things, it could be big things, it could be happy things, sad things, but make a list, 15 to 20 things, okay. moments in your life, and I call those impact moments. And then go through and look, you know, remember those times and whatever brings up the most emotion for you. Okay. Those are the ones to lean into. And when I work with uh, my clients on this, it becomes very emotional for a lot of them. And uh, it's, it's funny because... I'll probably end up crying with them <laughs> on, on the call because, you know, it, it's um, some of the stories that they have are just absolutely amazing and they don't realize it. Yeah. And don't, they don't, don't basically don't use them. Yeah. And they're, or they're afraid to use them. Uh, so we, you know, find those. Those are the ones to use. Those are one, the ones to lean into because those are going to have the most connect, connection with your clients. The second step then is now let's write out the story. So what happened? And within that, most people go through chronological order. Okay, I was born, and then I did this, and then I did this, mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's great first draft. What I'll do is then find that inciting moment. So I use a hero's journey okay. uh, story structure. It's every movie, every good movie uses that story structure. So the person telling the story is the hero in there. And you find a guide, and you, find, you have an inciting moment. There's a revelation that you learn, and then it goes around. So we find that inciting moment, and that's the very first sentence. Okay. That's, my, that's the impact sentence. So we have our impact stories. We have our impact sentence. So we come up with a one, one to two sentence phrase that will start it off. And that's the intro, right? And then, and then <clears throat> they'll go into the story, the kind of the backstory. So a couple of the clients I've worked with, Willie, uh, she does a relationship man- marketing. Relationship okay. marketing. So it's, it's, it's called Send Out Cards. It's a multi-level marketing company, okay. but they you basically they send out a card for you. And you put in an address and you pick the card and all this, and it's automated. You can do handwriting. It's pretty yeah. slick service, and it's like a dollar a card, including postage. So it's like such a time saver for a lot of people. So she's a distributor for that. 
And so she would go in to real estate agents and she'd give presentations on how they can use send out cards to build their, their business. And she kind of niches down into the real estate. That's a pretty good one to use. Yeah. And she would get a few signups, but she was teaching them how to use the system. Oh, okay. So she came to me and she's like, I want to do better. And I do all these talks and I get a few signups, but you know, people are checking their phone and they're just not really paying attention. And all that. I said, well, let's go through your presentation. And she did. I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. Uh, so let me think about it. Let me, let me think about it. Right. Right. Exactly. And so I was like, well, why, why are you in this business in the first place? She was like, huh, I never really thought about that. So, well, let's share that story. And so it ends up that one day in her life, she had elderly mother, she's married, has a kid. And um, she gets a phone call from the assisted living facility mm-hmm. where her mother was living. And her mother had passed away. Unexpected. She wasn't really that sick. And so she's like going through that process. The next day, her son has a baseball game. And so they're rushing to get out to the baseball game. She is going to the front door. And you know, I get chills every time I tell the story, too. And it's, and it's not even my story. Two police officers are coming to the door, state police officers. And uh, they inform her that her husband was killed in a helicopter accident. So her mother and her husband died two days apart, or one day apart. Wow. And through the grieving you know, process, people were you know, obviously sending her cards. And she realized when she was getting these condolences, condolence cards that a lot of businesses were sending these to her. And she was like, wow, this is amazing that a business would take time out of their day to send me a condolence. Yeah, for handwritten. Handwritten, you know. And at that point, she was like, I'm going to use that business for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter, like, if they screw up or, or not. I am indebted to them for this. And, and they mean a lot to me. And then she was like, that's why I do what I do. And I was like, oh, my God, this is gold. So we put her story together. She gives a presentation. She has 60 realtors in the room. Okay. And she, she starts with her signature sentence. And every phone goes down. All eyes are on her for the next 50 minutes. Wow. She had a line of people waiting to talk to her at the end, many in tears, thanking her for sharing that story with her, with, with them. And she got two more speaking engagements off of it and signed up like three times as many people as normally she would have signed up. Wow. Just because she created a connection with them, one, and they paid attention to it, and now they understood why she does what she does. Wow. That, so that's why you say impact theory. Basically, in the first sentence in your intro, you just make an impact, you grab person's attention, yep. and then you go to your pitch and using your story. Yeah, use your story, and then you give a little teaching. This is, this is why I do this. This is how I do it. And then you ask for the sale. And it's easy. I mean, the sale, they will ask for the sale. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, that you know, a lot of times you can't pitch from the stage, so there's no pitch pitch. So you just, you know, I'd love to give you more information. Give me your business card. I'll send you the, that information email. And then now you have their email address, and now you can continue to market. Okay. And nurture yeah. the lead. Nurture. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, 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 that's really, really valuable. So just let's rephrase that. Let's summarize. Yeah. Uh, do actually find what your impact story is like. Where are you most emotionally? Yep. And that's probably you're going to tell the emotionally story the best. 
Yeah, because it, it's true. You, you are reliving the story while you're telling it, yep. and then just craft your story how it should go, structure it properly, and then create a signature story, like a short, maybe 20 seconds intro, something like that. Yep. That's yeah, cool. your signature sentence, two or three sentences. Okay. That will grab the audience attention. Wow. Um, another one of my clients, her, her signature sentence is, uh, she's a police officer. Uh, I was sitting in my gray beat up BMW in front of the gun range thinking about killing myself. Wow. That, that, grabs that might grab somebody's attention. That grabs attention. Uh, she sent me a video of her performing that as a critique and I heard an audible gasp from the audience. Like, of a, <gasps> yeah. So they're hooked, they will yeah. watch. And, and she sold more books than she had ever sold at a little seminar before. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. definitely useful information yeah. here. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. So can you share me your thoughts? What was the difference of the old way of doing business and now that you're doing remotely? Like, can you compare it like old Morton Brick? I don't go somewhere at eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. <laughs> I don't commute. I get up when I have a schedule. Okay. Uh, I think it's really important to have a routine. Okay. So I start my day at seven o'clock. I go for a run. It's a meditative time for me as well. I listen to podcasts while I'm, run, okay. while I'm running. I'm not a fast runner. I'm, a, I'm not a distance runner. Uh, I just want 15, 20 minutes of exercise first thing in the morning. Okay. Then I uh, journal, meditate, uh, read, shower, and I don't start working. I don't take any appointments before 9 a.m. Okay. And then I work from 9 a.m. to 11, 12, take calls, mm -hmm. do my work and all that, have breakfast have breakfast at lunchtime, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, continue on with my day, work out in the afternoon. And, and that is taking care of me because I've realized if I can't take care of me, there's no way I can take care of somebody else. Exactly. You must start first from, from yourself. Yeah. yeah. And for some people that seems selfish, but it's really not. It's very selfless. Yes. Because, you know, on an airplane, the flight attendants tell you, put your oxygen mask on first yeah, then, before helping others. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. if you die, well, everybody's going to die. <laughs> yeah. You cannot help them than anybody. Yeah. And it's yeah. the same in sales as well. Yeah. You know, it, Sales gets such a bad reputation sometimes because you have these close, 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 you know, yeah. any, any, you know, cost, close the deal. I, I want to understand what that person's needs are. I'm a problem solver at the end of the day. Yeah. You have a problem. I have a solution. Let me make sure that that problem is big enough for you to hand me over $5,000, yeah. <laughs> whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah, and then and so I'm going to ask you the right questions, and you're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I, I need that. How can I pay you?" Yeah, exactly. I'm an ethical salesperson, so if I see some person that is trying to to buy something, my consultation, but it wouldn't work for your for their company, I just say, "Dude, this will not work. Just go. I would suggest go try this strategy because it won't work. I can craft you the best template, the best script. It won't work. You won't have the margins. Yeah, like don't do that. Yeah." That's awesome. And they respect the people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you for being honest. And I could just take their money. Yeah. But I will feel, like, bad inside of me. Yeah. And yeah. when at, at that desperation, you do things that you don't yeah. want to do or yeah. work with people that are going to suck the life out of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell me, you told me 
that you're doing a documentary about digital nomads. Yep. Yeah. Can, can you share a little bit where you got the idea and what, what, what's the, the main point that you want to achieve? Yeah, so I'm a storyteller. <laughs> so I mean, that, that's my business, uh, sales and storytelling. And, you know, I wanted to travel the world. Okay. And uh, I was like, how am I going to do this? I was scared to death. I was like, I got a house, I got a car, you know, I got a dog at home. Like, what am I going to do? Like, how, how is this going to work? And I just figured it out. And I said, okay. And I have a business coach that I talk to on a weekly basis. And she's okay. like, okay, we'll book the flight. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> So once I booked the flight, it was done. Yeah. Like in my mind, it was done. And it was to Mexico City, which it's a two and a half hour flight from, from, oh, okay. from Houston. So it wasn't, I mean, it was an invest, you know, it was remote yeah. city, different language. You know, big city. I love big cities. And so I just got an Airbnb for the month, 30 days. And it was the best experience ever. And I met some really interesting people while I was there. Still friends to this day. I did networking events that were completely in Spanish. And I speak un poquito español. So just a little Spanish. And, and just was welcomed. And it was, it was such a great, great experience. And so I did that for a month and went back and the coach was like, okay, what's the next location? And so I did a little contest on my Facebook group. I was like, okay, these are two locations I want to go to. You vote. Tell me where I'm going to go. Is it Colombia or is it going to be Thailand? Thank God they said, they said Thailand by 70 to 30%. I was like, good. Love Colombia. I'm sure I'm going to go there at some point. This has been a wonderful experience. So while I was in Mexico, I had the idea. I was like, well, People, well, one, people were seeing my posts and going, oh, my gosh, I wish I could do that. You're so lucky that you can do this. Yeah. I was like, no, anybody can do this. I was scared to death. Anybody can do this. And I was like, well, there's people. There's probably millions of digital yeah. nomads at this point. Yeah. And it's so unorthodox and it's kind of unheard of as well. And there's kind of this mystery behind it. And so I wanted to develop a documentary mm-hmm. or docu-series where I will go to all the different nomad hotspots and document the stories and find out like why people decide to do this and then how they do it. And like I've met some amazing, amazing people in that journey uh, in interviewing. And uh, you know, the goal is to be the Anthony Bourdain of okay. business, entrepreneurship, and digital nomads, uh, and kind of what he did with food. I'd love to sell that to CNN. So if anybody watching has a connection at CNN, that'd be wonderful. Um, or MSNBC, Travel Channel, Discovery, you know, all the, you know, the docu-series. Yeah. Uh, if that doesn't work, I'll do Netflix. And if that doesn't work, then I'll post it up on YouTube, which it needs to get out there. These stories need to get out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially people, I know from myself, until you do the first, first trip, as you said, like in Mexico, I mean, it's like, should I do it? You have doubt, you know, the voice behind your head. You're afraid. Well, it's a different country. Is it safe? You see CNN, they say like, oh, it's bombing in the Philippines. For me, what happened when I when I scheduled my book to, to Philippines? I booked the flight after two, three days. Oh, war in, in, in Philippines, Damn. tanks, you know, half of city was down. It was like disaster. And I was like, oh my God, what I did? <laughs> and I called the... I think Expedia was the customer service and a customer service was from Philippines. And I was like, what is happening to Philippines? Am I going to be saving? She told me like, no, no, that's just an isolated event on, on that island. Don't worry, you'll save. 
Yeah. So I was there. I mean, nothing happened. <laughs> well, same thing for, for yeah. Mexico. Like a week Hotels. before that eight people were, eight tourists were murdered in Cancun. Now the real story is that they were seeking drugs from the oh, cartel. Okay. And of course they were killed. And yeah. it's like, but the funny story is when I was in Mexico City, there was a drive-by shooting about 100 yards away from me wow. when I was at a square um, that just, it, it was weird because everybody scrambled and, yeah. you know, but within a half an hour, just the Mexican people are just very resilient. Yeah. Tequila was flowing, the mariachis were playing, and we were having tacos. <laughs> you know, so it was like, yeah, it's a little drive-by. Another day. <laughs> but you know what? The same thing happens in Los Angeles, in yeah. Chicago, in Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, you know, it, kids' schools in the U.S. People are using automatic weapons and killing other people, yeah. more so in the United States than they are anywhere abroad. Definitely. So you just want to use the, the documentary to, to tell the real story, how it is. Like, yeah. what's the struggle? What can you expect? Why you shouldn't expect? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Did you learn something from, from, like, what specific thing that you learned that is lacking in the, in the remote community? Yeah. That should be improved. Definitely, there's this influencer okay. community that's kind of attached to the nomad community. Mm -hmm. So you have, you know, digital nomads that are building a business that are, are working 12, 15 hours a day. And that's the real story. And then you have influencers that pop in and they're in front of the Mercedes, the you know, BMW, the Ferrari, what have you. And, oh, I'm on the beach. Look, I have my laptop with me. It's got sand all over it. Woo, you know, we're having a blast. Oh, we just worked a little bit today. I took 30 yoga. 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes. And uh, it's bullshit. Yeah. And so a lot of millennials especially are seeing this on Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. And they're going, wow, this is amazing. I want to live that life. That life does not exist. You know, People come here with an expectation that, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to find myself, which is great. Find yourself, but have an income. Or they come here with three months of savings, and then there's an unexpected expense. As always. As always. Uh, their laptop breaks. They have to go get a new one. And it's about a 20% increase over what you would get in the States, yeah. if, you know, an Apple product or what have you. And uh, yeah, and they run out of their savings and then they're like, oh, well, now what? I'm screwed. Yeah. This is not what they showed on, on YouTube. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a couple of YouTube YouTubers that show the real mm -hmm. realness uh, that happens in the work and, and all that. But it's, you have to work. It's not, yeah. let's just, you know, tour around. And I, you know, in, in Bangkok, when I was there, I had a lit, you know, people are all, well-intentioned, like when you travel, oh, you've got to see this place. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I had a list of like 10 things. It gave me so much anxiety because then I was like, oh, I have to do all these things because I'm in a, no, I don't. I need to work. I need to build my business. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. And if I happen to go see this fabulous temple, great. Yeah. You know, everybody was saying, you got you're going to Chiang Mai? Oh my God, it's so great. There's these elephant preserves. I'm not going to an elephant preserve. Yeah. I'm not going to watch an elephant. I saw an elephant already in South Africa. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Checked off. Yeah. Bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go to Tiger Kingdom. No. I'd rather see lions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, so it's those expectations. People think I'm on vacation. I'm not on vacation. 
I'm working just as much as I would have worked at home. I but mean, it's in a beautiful location. <laughs> I mean, really. It's not bad to work from here. No, it's not. You just see the view and you're like, okay, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Or you can just do the calls and just watch the view. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody can stop you. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was doing calls uh, from a coffee shop in Bangkok. Uh-huh. And there's a little bit of background noise. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm really sorry for the background noise. And uh, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't hear anything. So I guess I had noise canceling on. Yeah. And then he's like, well, where are you? I said, well, I'm in Bangkok. I can't believe I'm giving my credit card number to a guy that's living in Bangkok right now. <laughs> I was like, well, if you see some charges on there, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some coffee in Chun Chun Cha. Some massage parlor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing what you can do now with technology. Yeah. You do not need an office. Don't need an office. It's yeah. all remote. And I, I respect your your documentary. Somebody needs to tell their story. I mean, and that, that's why I'm doing this, this podcast. Yeah. It's pretty much also doing interviews with people and they can share their story. So far, I haven't spoken with somebody that says that like I'm doing 13 minutes and 15 seconds. I have a Ferrari a helicopter and I don't know, I go to the beach every day. Yeah. I mean, they explore, they see, but all of them are working hard like at least 12 hours, 10, 12 hours a day. And they have a routine, they exercise and everything. They, they just enjoy the, the nature yeah. yeah, and the surroundings, the networking. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So what specific mes- message you would share with the people that are considering to become a remote printer, yeah. working remotely, or they are trying to, to build their business remotely? What I found the ch- biggest challenge, and, and this is something that a lot of people that are entrepreneurs and introverted, Okay. So I'm kind of on that cusp of, but more on the introverted side, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, and what you have to do is develop relationships because business is still about connections and developing those connections, whether it's in person or online. It's more difficult online yeah. to develop those connections because video is great for doing a video call, but there's nothing like being in person with somebody. Yeah. So find the community that you're in and find, you know, Develop a community. So find some friends. Go to places where you can develop a friend network, and then you know th- those connections can lead to something else. So I at home, I'm I was part of a business networking international BNI. Mm-hmm. It's a worldwide organization. There's chapters all over, but it's business people going to network. That, I think that's the, the greatest thing that you can do is go to a networking event. You know, even the meetups that are happening in Chiang Mai. Yeah. Get around like-minded people that are doing similar things or want to be doing similar things that you are. And I think for a lot of remote people, it's, you know, I uh, posted in Reddit that I'm coming here and I wanted to understand a little bit about the Chiang Mai and how I can find some more digital nomads. And some smartass posted, which is part of all Reddit, uh, posted up there, you know, um, just look for the Farang foreigner. Uh-huh. It's a Thai word for foreigner. Look for the frong with a hoodie and his headphones in that doesn't care about anybody else who's probably writing a blog post about how lonely he is. Yeah. I'm like, huh, bitter much? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it it can be like that and it doesn't have to. So it's make sure you get intentional about getting out and meeting people, especially when you're remote, because it can be it can be very isolating and be very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree there with you. So. I mean, great value for the storytelling. So guys, create your own story, honest, legitimate, like emotional. And definitely I'm on the same page with you for for networking. I mean, if you, you're basically an average of the five people you spend the time of. So 
just choose your five friends like carefully. Very carefully. Well, Tom. Cool. Thanks, Phil. Thank you for the podcast. You, you provided so much value. And no problem. once the, the documentary is ready, you can send it to me. And you guys, you, I invite you to go to the website, podcast website. It's called remotepreneurs.com. I'm going to include in the show notes like a summary of what Tom t- taught us. And also, if the documentary is ready by then, I will also include it. So subscribe to the newsletter to receive the documentary and also all the information. And maybe if you are looking to, to hire Tom to help you perfect and craft your pitch, I'll include the contact information. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. You provided, you got some value and see you next week for another interview with another remote printer. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to hear new episodes. And if you feel that this episode provided you with value, we invite you to share this podcast with a friend that is trying to escape the matrix and create his or her own remote economy. Visit remotepreneurs.com and join the email list to receive this episode's show notes and a welcoming gift.